Why do we encourage each other and love each other and support each other? And it's because um, things are hard, because life is hard, because we need to be supported. And the other reason is because this ain't right, you guys. There's nothing good about this. And because there are so many questions. Hmm. This is the fourth one out of all day. I just want to tell you. So this week, um, Susan and I were sitting in our front room. We're talking with a friend and... And all of a sudden, we're talking about God's faithfulness. And I remember I just sat there and I just thought, faithfulness? You know, faithful to do what? How, how can I say God is faithful when stuff like this happens? And, uh, and man, like all of a sudden, this, this is the deal, you guys. God has showed up over and over. And in our little room, he just all of a sudden, I just felt like God was saying, Hey, David. I've been faithful to let you know that in this world, you're going to have trouble. (laughs) Jesus said, in this world, you are going to have trouble. See, for some reason, what can happen is, all of a sudden, especially living in America, see, people in third world countries who are getting persecuted, they're not struggling as much with this as we do because we live in this world where most things go pretty good most of the time. Not for everybody. But we forget that God said this world is warped and it's messed up and you're going to have trouble. So he guarantees that. And then the second thing he said was, and if you're living, guess what? You're going to die. Did you guys know that? Did you know that every one of us who's living right now is not guaranteed another breath? That we have no idea. The very fact that we're a human being means we've been born and it means we're going to die. So all of a sudden, I'm like, God, I feel like God's just saying to me, hey, I just want to let you know two things. You're going to have trouble in this world and you're going to die. Oh, thanks, God. Appreciate your comfort. Right after that, he says, and I'm faithful that when you go through the trouble, I will be with you. You will not go through anything without me. And secondly, when you die, if you are my child, born of my spirit, I'm just coming to take you home. I don't know what that means for you. That has been huge for me. I think I was getting duped into thinking that bad things shouldn't happen to us. Where'd that ever come from? You ever read the Bible? It's full of bad stuff. You ever see Jesus? It's full of bad stuff. But Jesus says, I'll be with you in the midst of the stuff, you guys. And this is huge for me. And it should be huge for you. And when we die as his child, I'm actually just going home. And he will be faithful to take me there. And I'm telling you, all of a sudden, the faithfulness of God is huge to me. So here's the deal, you guys. But even in the midst of that, knowing that right there, Still, what took place makes no sense. It just doesn't make any sense to me. You guys got questions? I got questions. I really do. So, and here's another place where God showed up this week. We're meeting here, praying on Tuesday mornings. We do it every morning, 7.30, if you ever want to join us. And when we got done praying, uh, Frank Strickland walks out and he goes, Hey, Dave, I got a verse for you. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah, it's Deuteronomy 29, 29. I'm like, how do you know Deuteronomy 29, 29? Anybody know Deuteronomy 29, 29? I, only Frank Strickland would know Deuteronomy 29, 29. It says this, I've never memorized a verse so quick in all my life. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. 
But the revealed things belong to us and our children that we may follow all the words of this law. The secret things belong to God. So you guys, if you're human, then what you've been doing, if you've been like me this week, is we want to understand this thing. Don't you want to understand this? You see, and there's another part of us that wants to blame, right? I mean, you want to know what happened and you want to figure out where the blame is because if you know what caused it and you can figure out what the blame is, then you can make sure that that never happens again, right? I mean, that's what we want. We want to know what happened. We want to understand it so we can make sure it never happens again. See, so what we want to do is we want to take our logic and the things that we can understand and we want to make it parallel with God's logic. And we want to say, hey, God, we want to understand everything that you get. And I, can I just tell you, this is where I, oh God, please help me to make this clear. This is so critical for us to understand this. See, you guys, one of the things that's been most helpful for Dave and Darcy in all of this is that somehow in the death of Major Rhodes, his kidneys and his liver were given to another child to be able to live. See, now that's actually a comforting thing for them. But we, had, we brought in a, a, a chaplain at the primary children's hospital this week to meet with our staff. And she just told us, she said, Dave, do you, guys know, you know what that's like? She goes, on a regular basis, I sit with parents who are weeping, who need their child to receive a liver or a kidney or a new heart. And while we're praying for their child to receive that, we realize we're asking for another child to die. You want to figure that out? See, see what I'm saying? Like all of a sudden you go, no, I want to understand that. You go ahead. I can't even fathom what that means to be weaving together all of this. You guys, what you need to understand in this is that this, didn't, this wasn't just about Major Rhodes. He's doing great, by the way. I mean, Major's doing fine right now. A lot better than all the rest of us. This wasn't about Major. This wasn't just about Dave and Darcy and their three little girls or their extended family. This wasn't about the family at K2, the church, or the people in Salt Lake who are being affected. Do you guys understand that in this one moment that took place last week, that the whole world is being affected for years to come and into eternity. Did you know that because you're sitting here today, that God is taking what took place last week and he's doing something in every one of your hearts with your thoughts and your questions and your emotions, and then he's doing that with every single person and this little ripple is going all out to the world and it's going to continue to affect people. See, now that's where I just go, you know, it's like, poof, where you're just... Hi, you know what? What am I going to understand why that took place? I never am. So Romans chapter 11, starting with verse 33, it says this, Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? And I, just for me, you guys, I know for me, when I was praying for my mom, this was a critical issue for me when she was dying from cancer. And I'm praying to God and I'm saying, God, I know that you could heal my mom. I know you love her. I know you have the power to do that. But then I had to shift and I had to say, but I also know that you know everything that I don't. You know what will happen if my mom gets healed and how that will affect everything for eternity. You know what would happen if she dies and how that will affect everything into eternity. And that's where I just have to go. So I trust you. 
because I can't get it. And the secret things belong to God. Now, I'm not saying we can't ask why, but one of the things we've got to come to grips with is we'll never know why. And then, so secondly, though, if the secret things belong to God, then the revealed things belong to us and to our children. So, can I just share with you the revealed things? Obviously, there's a million. It's what we do every week. But just this morning, the revealed things that have helped me this week, and hopefully they'll be helpful for you. And that's this. I'm telling you, one of the revealed things from God is that his presence is with us. That we know. He's made it very clear to us. I'm with you. Now, what does his presence bring? The first thing that his presence brings, you guys, is he brings love. Romans 8, 37 through 39 says this. Actually, let me read just a little bit before what's on the screen. In verse 35, he says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble? Is trouble going to separate us from the love of Christ? Shall hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And then we go to verse 37. No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced, and I am too. After this week, I am more convinced than ever that neither death, nor life will separate us from the love of God that's found in Jesus Christ our Lord. Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You guys, can I just tell you, when you go through a tragedy, unless you're a super spiritual dude, you will doubt this. You will doubt I, whether God is loving or whether he's good because he doesn't feel good at this time. But so what you know he's good because he said so, it's a revealed thing. And so you choose by faith to believe he is good, hoping that you'll feel good again someday. If you don't struggle with this, you've probably already gone through it a lot. It's a lesson that's hard to learn. But I want to tell you guys, in talking with Dave and Darcy, I was talking to them on Wednesday when they were driving to Nebraska, and I wished I could have put the, just recorded the conversation. You know the two words that kept coming up the whole time I'm talking to them? Is they couldn't believe God's goodness and his kindness to them. I'm just going, are you kidding me? But what they kept saying was his goodness and his kindness in the midst of something so terrible. See, again, what did God say? I will be with you in all your troubles. Not I'll take the troubles away. I'll be with you in them. See, like for Dave, do you guys know that he was in there and that every second that his child was struggling, Dave was in there. And that is huge for him. Because now he doesn't have to wonder if everything was taken place. He's a, he's a doctor. He knows from the first second that everything that could have been done was done. And if he hadn't been in there, he would have to wonder and doubt and question. But now he doesn't have to do that. And for him, and he had never volunteered in the nursery before. That was his first time. And so for Dave, he's like, in the trouble, God, you were there with me. 
Did you know that his parents were already flying into town? They landed at Salt Lake Airport an hour and a half after this took place so they could be with him in the hospital. And Dave's able and Darcy are able to go in the trouble. You're ministering to us. You're loving us. It's like they're in it and every time they turn, they see Jesus and he's there. And then this happens and they turn and Jesus is there. And what he's saying to us is, you guys, you know, when this happens to you, not if it happens to you, when this happens to you, I will be there. And they're feeling loved by God. And God says, my presence is with you in it. And in my love, I will provide for you, I will support you, and I will strengthen you. Man, has that been true this week? Secondly, God brings his love, and then he brings us his comfort. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. I want to tell you, and I'm going to try to explain this to you guys. There's something really divine here when you actually receive the comfort from God. And once you've received it, you know what's wild? Then you can actually give it to another human being. And both those things have been happening this week. Talking to Dave just yesterday, he says, it's so amazing that somehow you can have sorrow and grief and pain and at the same time have peace and strength and perspective. How? How? (laughs) Because the God of all comfort comes into the trouble, in the pain and in the sorrow and in the grief. He infuses his hope and his strength and his perspective. And somehow there's hope in the midst of grief. And it's amazing. And I want to tell you guys, this is where I just say for me, I just, I'm going to try to explain this to you. I, this is where my graduate level experience of God's grace, I, I feel like he has just taken me to a whole other level of understanding. Sunday night, about 100 of us were gathered over in the other warehouse praying for Major and for his family. And then um, I went home that day feeling kind of strong after being in the presence of everybody and praying. Went to bed. Man, I woke up 5 in the morning, just could not sleep, and I immediately was greeted with every question, every fear, every anxiety, every doubt, emotions. You know, you're laying in bed, you're just like, okay, I can't deal with this. And so I got up and I went out and I prayed. And you guys, I'm going to please, oh God, help this make sense. When you have those things inside you, what you have to do is get them out. And you've got to confess them, not in a sinful way, just agree with God, just get them out. And I'm telling you, it is not easy. There were some things that were easy. You know, God, hey, I'm this, I'm that. And then there were other things that I'm ashamed of. You guys, do you guys have doubts and questions and fears about God sometimes? You just, you can't let him know. And then I just sat there and I had to fight through that. And I said, okay, but I know you know. But there's something that has to happen inside of you. You have to get it out and you have to say it. And I'm telling you, when you do, when you do, the grace of God touches them. It just does. And I am convinced it's been my life this week. And I want to tell you, what you can do is harbor them. 
You know, because you can't be angry at God, right? You know, my three-year-old can't get angry at me because I can't handle that if he, you know. No, if my three-year-old gets angry at me, I think I can handle it. Do you think God can handle your anger? I think he can handle your anger. He can handle your doubts and your questions and your fears and everything you're feeling. And I'm telling you, not only can he handle them, he wants you to give them to him so that he can touch them. If you hold on to them and don't deal with them, you know what will happen? They will become a wound and they will fester and it will get ugly and you will become bitter. And you can wrap that all up and act like everything's okay and you know it's not and it will ruin the rest of your life. And I'm telling you right now, he is a God of all comfort. And if you'll let him touch it, as scary as it is, he will meet you there. I can't believe the strength he's given me this week. And then I wake up the next morning and it's all back again. I don't know what it is about sleeping. I'm going to have that question with God. I'm a little vulnerable, you know, when I sleep. And then I wake up and all the crap's back. And then I have to get it out again and he touches it again. It's just, it's just the way it works. Okay, I got to keep going. God, in his presence, brings love and he brings comfort. The third thing he brings is, per, is redemption. If this is our verse. If you've been a Christian very long at all, you know what I'm going to say. It's so critical, 828 of Romans. We know that in all things, God works together for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Man, this is no cop-out, you guys. This is critical. This has got to be true. Can I tell you this right now? I believe with all my heart, God did not cause, do not say that God caused what happened last week. Our God doesn't do that kind of stuff. He just doesn't. Now, why it happens is then the secret things. I don't understand that. But what we do know, a revealed thing to us is this verse right here. That when tragedy happens and when trouble happens, God says, I take it and I make beautiful things come out of it. Look at the cross of Jesus Christ. The redemption of the world came out of unjust pain and suffering and death. And I'm telling you, this is what we can know. And I want to, the other thing for me, I was talking with a guy who had breakfast this day. We were talking about leaving a legacy, how all of our lives, I don't know about you, but you want your life to leave a legacy. And while he said that, I just sit there across from the table and thought, oh my gosh, do you realize, you guys, the legacy that Major Rhodes is leaving? A 15-month-old baby is changing the world more than probably any of us will. See, God is going to take this thing and he's going to work in every one of your hearts, in everybody else who's heard about this, in Dave and Darcy, they're going to know the depth of God's grace and his strength and his intimacy more than you and I ever will. And I don't know what else he's going to do with it, but he does this. He says, I will make good out of everything. And we can know that. So he brings redemption. The fourth thing he brings is hope. Psalm 34, verses 17 through 19 say this, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. A righteous man may have many troubles. See, there it is again. Even a righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Now, can I just be totally honest with you? I had to call my brother-in-law, who's a theology professor on this one. I say, Bill, would you help me know how I'm supposed to read the Psalms? 
Because it sounds like he says God's going to deliver us from all our troubles. Well, I just sit there and I look at last week and I go, no, he didn't deliver. (laughs) How do I deal with that? And Bill, in all of his infinite wisdom, who's the most gracious, loving person I know, just said, Dave, but it's about the perspective in the moment. I'll never forget this. And then he said, see, what God says is, I either deliver or I deliver. I either save or I save. See, what we forget again, you guys, is that death is our passage into life. And we think that, again, if God's going to deliver me, then he's going to deliver me just from this moment. And guess what? All of us who have small children, this last week, what we've realized is our kids are only alive by the grace of God. Right? I mean, how much stuff's laying around my house? How many times have they fallen from the bunk bed or all this kind of stuff? And they just, God delivers them constantly. Right? Come on, you guys who have kids? He delivers them constantly. And then last week, he delivered him. He saves him all the time. And then last week, he saved him. And that is just, I'm never going to forget that. It's the hope that we have, you guys. And that leads me to my last thing, where Jesus just says, and then I'm going to bring you home. I'm just taking you home. Marshall Shelley, who's uh, an editor for Christianity Today and also works with Leadership Journal, somebody sent me an article. Marshall and his wife knew that their child, when the child was born, there was so much defect in in the genetic makeup of the baby that the baby was going to die right after it was born. They decided to go ahead and go full term, knowing that this would happen. Toby was born, and he lived for two minutes, and he died. And Marshall said, his question was, why would God create a baby to only live for two minutes? He had a mentally handicapped daughter who was two years old who died three months later. And he said, why would God create a little girl to only live for two years? Why would God create major roads to only live for 13 months, 15 months? And then his answer was this. Why did God create Toby only to live for two minutes? He said, he didn't. He created him to live for eternity. Can you soak in that one for a minute? Did you know that you were not created for this life alone? Did you know that the scriptures tell us that we are just passing through, that we are pilgrims on a journey and that this life is like a breath, and then we spend eternity. Whether you live to be 85 years old, it's like this compared to eternity. See, this moment is helping us to remember what we're here for. God created us for himself for eternity. Kim Page, as she was praying with somebody else, they said this beautiful picture came to them, and it was Jesus just holding Major in his arms. And he just looked at me and he said, hey, he's mine. He always has been and he always will be. That has been most comforting things to me. Jesus created Major for himself for eternity. And he created you and your children for himself for eternity. And that's why when my mom got sick, this verse in 2 Corinthians became the thing I held on to. Therefore, we do not lose heart. 
Though outwardly we're wasting away, inwardly we are being renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles. Now, is this light? No. But you need to know that when Paul wrote this three chapters earlier, he said, I don't want you to be unaware of the sufferings that we are experiencing. They are beyond our ability to endure. But in here, he calls them light and momentary. Why? Because they are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Because what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. God is with us. And he brings his love. He brings his comfort. He brings redemption. He brings hope. And then he brings us home. And that's all I got. But it's true. And I want to tell you, just before the band comes up, I also felt like God was just saying to me, just to exhort you, if I can use that biblical word. There's some exhortation that needs to happen here today, and that's this. First, is your heart open to God? So that when, not if, when your tragedy comes, that his grace will be able to minister to you immediately. Is Jesus dwelling in your heart through faith? Have you become a child of God so that his spirit is present within you so that when it happens, his grace is yours immediately because you're going to need it and it will be there for you. Consider receiving Christ into your life so he can be with you when the trouble comes. Secondly, do you have the community of support that the roads are experiencing that I've been experiencing? Are you love? See, Dave and Darcy just love people. And so then when this happens, you get loved. Are you pouring your life into community so that when your tragedy happens, you will be supported and loved and encouraged? I have needed people all around the nation to help me through this week. And they've been there. And you need it too. Thirdly, is are your roots deep? You guys, all you followers of Christ who believe in Jesus, has this storm shaken you? It's shaking. But see, a root, a tree needs to get its roots down deep so that when the storm comes again, it can hold strong. And some of your roots right now in God are really shallow. Maybe they're new. But I want to encourage you, man, go deep. Just yesterday, Dave said, oh man, Dave, he told me, he goes, the word of God has been our strength. See, Dave and Darcy's roots were deep so that when the tragedy came, the word was there and they had it. I can't encourage you enough to get your roots down deep. Jesus told us the last thing, and I'll just stop here. In Matthew 7, he said this, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came. The rain came. The streams rose. The winds blew, and they beat against that house. Troubles come. And yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. That is the testimony of Dave and Darcy Rhodes. And it can be yours too. So, Ben, if you guys will come up. We're just going to do one last song. And um, as they prepare, can I just share one last thing with you guys? I know right now, because we are in a war, right? The Bible tells us there's a spiritual war for our souls that's going on. And really what happened last week, again, was an attack on us, on the roads and on all of us. And I know right now that some of you just need some healing. I have this imagery of all the war movies we watch, right? 
And when an attack happens and the wounded get wounded, what do you do with the wounded? Man, the wounded need just to go to the medical tent and just rest. They just need to be healed. And can I just say, for some of you, I know that's where you're at. Right now, you just need to be healed. Your faith has been rocked. You're wounded in your heart or in your soul. And can I just tell you, that's fine. Just be and let God minister to your heart. The second thing that happens, what? Is when people get wounded, what happens? The other people come around them and do the healing. And for some of you, you know that that's God's call on your life. Can I tell you, man, this week and weeks to follow, follow every prompting you get. Man, the emails that came to me and the prayers and the phone calls and the encouragement, I knew were straight from God. Thank you to those of you who did that. People are going to need that. And if you feel God prompting you, be the minister of healing to the people who need it, okay? And then what else happens? You got your wounded, you got your healers, and then what does everybody else do? They rise up and they grab their sword and they say, we are going to fight. And I want to encourage you, church, remember, we win this battle. We win this battle. And for some of you, you know right now God's calling you to rise up and to fight on behalf of those and for Jesus Christ and for his glory. Okay? So here's the deal. One last song. Just another reminder for us to remember. Just like that picture of Dave and Darcy raising their hands and saying, Great is the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We just want to sing that one more time to remind us He is great. He's with you and He's going to take you home and He loves you dearly.